So, good evening everyone. Well, this talk tonight um, starts with a verse, which is actually the verse that goes with the um, koan in our koan practice, um, Ordinary Mind is the Way, that we take the name of the school from. And it's a well-known um, Zen poem. I'll read it to you. Spring comes with flowers, autumn with the moon, summer with breeze, winter with snow. When idle concerns don't hang in your mind, that is the best season of your life. Uh -huh. um, so in other words, when we're not caught up in concepts and self-preoccupation, where you are right now, whatever season it is, whatever circumstance it is, that is the best moment of your life. That is your best season. And um, you may remember, some of you may remember from a previous talk, I've mentioned um, Wallace Stevens, who was a very well-known um, American poet. He wasn't a Zen practitioner, but his, his poetry really um, resonated with Zen practice. And my teacher, Robert Aitken, Roshi, um, wrote a, an essay about it. But he wrote a, a poem about winter. And I won't recite the whole thing, but I'll just recite the beginning of it in relation to seasons. One must have a mind of winter to regard the frost and the boughs of the pine trees crusted with snow and have been cold a long time to behold the junipers shagged with ice, the spruces rough in the distant glitter of the January sun and not to think of any misery in the sound of the wind, in the sound of a few leaves. In other words, to um, really be present with winter is to have a mind of winter. It's like to be intimate with winter, to be winter. Those lines talk about being winter um, and having been in winter a long time. It's like giving oneself completely over to the cold and that when we do that we're not projecting any human um, thoughts or any human emotions onto the landscape of winter that the landscape is just the landscape so there is no misery in the sound of the wind there's no projection of misery or or bleakness in the experience that's just something that human beings add on to it mm -hmm. And that's why it resonates. That's why Robert Aitken pointed out how much this poem um, resonates with the Zen experience of being intimate with the season. Um, but so when it's winter, it's just winter. And when it's spring, it's just spring. And when it's summer, it's just summer. When it's autumn, it's just autumn. Um, but we can project all kinds of things onto each of the seasons, like in... Um, in um, Japan at cherry blossom time, people go berserk. Mm -hmm. It's very different having a Zen monk's experience of the cherry blossoms and being a mindly excited tourist watching the, the cherry blossoms. The Zen monk looks at it and there's the joy of the renewal of nature there. That's what spring is and the flowers that come with it. But it's not projecting some kind of um, 
syrupy sentimentalism onto it or projecting something onto it. So it's, with each season, um, we can just be spring, we can just be summer, we can just be autumn, we can just be winter. And uh, one, what, some of the lines that come from um, the Shodoko, which is a poem we used to recite in session all the time in the Diamond Sangha, but we don't do it here, um, is that uh, the words are uh, from, the, from the writer of the poem, Many births, many deaths, I am serene in this cycle, there is no end to it. So the cycling of birth and death and autumn, winter, spring, summer is the cycling of birth and death through nature. If we're really living a true life, we're one with, the, with that cycle. You know, we're serene in the cycle. But what people tend to do, what's very, very common in popular culture, it's as though we want to live in eternal spring you know, um, where things are bright and flourishing and the flowers are out. It's like the hope, that's the hope that everyone lives in, you know, in some kind of eternal spring where it's bright and sunny and colourful all the time. And that's where we get stuck. Um, and if we've got that sort of deluded way of living our life, that we want to live in an eternal spring where everything's happy all the time, you know, and winter never comes, then it's a kind of, we will suffer because it will change. The only thing we can hope for is change and rotating along itself, you know, coming back and repeating itself. And um, even when we think of the circumstances we're in now, do you know, of, of being in a, in a coronavirus lockdown, as soon as we, we hear ourselves saying, oh, I hope it'll be over soon, um, I'm over the coronavirus lockdown. Do you know when is it going to end? Um, as soon as we get into that mind, it's like we're we're not we're not present to the experience that it is. Um, and then you hear people, like particularly celebrities, online giving out all of these sort of vapid statements about hope. You know, like a, a cheer squad, you know, cheering the team on to win. You know, and they're they're really they're really quite silly, really, and. And they're all based on hope into the future. And the metaphors like there's light, at the, there'll be light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And it sounds very kind of inspiring and everything, but it's, not, it's nothing to do with embracing the present experience of your life in all of its fullness. And one of the, one of the statements in Zen is a sort of a statement of living a Zen life and the many books and essays with this title, um, is the light within the darkness. You know, to live a Zen life is to live the light within the darkness. And the darker it is, the brighter the light is. Mm-hmm. Now, to live a life as the light within the darkness is very different from the light at the end of the tunnel. When you when you use that metaphor, like when you get out of the tunnel, when you go into the sunshine, you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. But to live from the place, the light within the darkness, is to be in the tunnel, if that's where you are. Mm-hmm. But we're not always in the tunnel. You know, we 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 rotate through the different moods and seasons of our life.
Um, now, there's also um, there is also a parallel here, a relational parallel, and just a little background um, um, for Diana and I. Last Friday, we had to um, sadly put our border collie dog down who died. He was very old, and um, and he was suffering. Um, so we made a decision to put him down. And so that experience puts us very much close to the experience of death, you know, and a, and a, a being, an animal who's been in your life for 10 years that um, you've had a love for, and then it's not there anymore. And if it's there with an animal, it's even deeper, you know, and more intimate, profound with a human being and with the people who are important to us in our life. And so it kind of raises a similar kind of question. Um, how, do you, how do you fully love someone um, knowing that their life is going to come to an end sometime or your life is going to come to an end sometime? How do you do that? How do you fully give yourself over to that experience knowing in the back of your mind that it will end? kind of a koan in itself. It's kind of like touching on that same aspect of what is what is the light within the darkness. And people deal with it in many different ways. Some Buddhists try to do some Buddhist intellectual trick of, um, of just det- detaching themselves from life and not being intimate with life or other people and living a life of detachment so that um, they'll never get hurt or they'll never suffer it's kind of that that experience is like living in winter all the time it's like being fixated in winter um, and winter is often used as a metaphor for detachment sometimes or as a place where people get stuck if you remember that story no loving kindness about the monk and and the story of compassion of the girl who goes to him that's the point in that he says that I'm like an old cold rock in winter. I have no feelings. Um, that's one of the places we get stuck. I think another place we get stuck is where there's love in a relationship and we're kind of living in a, de- in a delusion that it'll last forever. And when, when someone close to us dies, or whether it's an animal or a human being or a friend or husband, wife or whatever, it's almost like one's given oneself over to that, there's a total shock that it could come to an end. There's no, there's no sense of the other side of it, of the, the transience of life. And I think to live that metaphor, the light within the darkness, is, is to love and to love fully, knowing it comes to an end, right? And knowing that we live in an impersonal universe that doesn't care whether we live or die ultimately. Um, but that's the kind of the relational version of it. Um, there's a there's a love that actually glows there within within the impersonal, um, transient nature of life. So um, we need to embrace the cycle. No? You embrace the cycle and the changing pattern of the cycle, and and you'll find a serenity in that cycle. Just like with our dog, you can love a dog and you can feel sad about that dog dying eventually, you know, and yet you can be 
um, serene with the fact that death occurs. Mm-hmm. When I've told this story before, but with the with the Buddha, when two of his main disciples died, I can't remember their names, but he, they very close friends, all of them, for years and years, travelling together and teaching together. He gave a Dharma talk in front of the assembly and said, things will never be the same again without those two men here. And that is, a, that is they're the words of a, a man grieving who loved his friends dearly and he's going to miss him. But imagine the Buddha at the same time um, was in no deluded state of mind that that lives wouldn't come to an end sometime. And that while there's a sadness there and a loss, there's a serenity in the loss. Um, so there's kind of a love within the impersonal nature of, of life and there is a light in the darkness. But it's very different from the light of hope, which is about everything being like an eternal spring that we'll come out to in the future and we'll live there forever. And um, that's not, not the same way. Mm-hmm. So as we continue through um, coronavirus lockdown, just be the coronavirus lockdown. Uh-huh. We don't know when it's going to end. Uh-huh. Just be it. 